Well, welcome to Fire Service Court. Uh, this is a whole new format for us, uh, which we're pretty excited about. Uh, on the uh, the court panel today is uh, Chip Comstock, Kurt Barone, and we're missing Brad Pinsky, who is always, um, um, you know, our spokesperson and doing the announcement. Um, hopefully that you'll enjoy the new format. I think that um, uh, Clarion and fire engineering is uh, sort of broadening their horizons as to um, how they're going to present these podcasts. And um, I just want to make sure that I'm not being overly sensitive. Uh, but Chip said I have a face for radio and I'm going to do a national poll to see if this face uh, fits on this screen. And that uh, and I'm actually been uh, insulted, which um, which may be in a, a result in some sort of a legal action against uh, one of my cohorts. But without further ado, um, I think we're going to be talking about in our uh, highly organized manner. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, photographs and uh, our ability to record on uh, maybe helmet cameras or your cell phone. Uh, or department issued cameras, and you know, some of what are some of the legal pitfalls uh, that uh, may befall you as a result of um, a disclosure? I think on the internet, uh, there's already been some cases on that. And then, um, you know, who actually owns uh, those recordings? So, I'll okay, John, to, go for uh, it. Let's be clear. Let's be <laughs> Me. First, first thing I want to point out before we get into the merits of today's topic is when you talk about you having a face for radio and, and it, it, suggesting that there might be a defamation case, I would remind you, sir, that the truth is a defense in a defamation case. Sounds like Perry Mason to me, buddy. Yeah, we also have the issue of opinion, too, and that, that would probably fall into the, you know, the category of being an opinion. So. Yeah, good point, Counselor. Good point. So, you know, one of, one of the issues that came up recently, and, and it may have been suggested by John Salka, was that uh, he was advocating a position, and this led to this whole area, that firefighters, just like police officers, in order to protect themselves, should wear uh, vest cams or, you know, et cetera, on all times. Uh, that it could it could help us uh, far more than it would hurt us. That it would, you know, for all the reasons that 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 police officers wear them, we should consider that. Which led to this whole topic about, um, you know, what are the pros and cons of cameras on the scene? And again, your official cameras versus the the people on your department who want to pull out their cell phones and take pictures, you know, of what's going on at a fire scene or accident scene. And, you know, there's certainly a lot of uh, implications that people I don't think necessarily think through, as you just suggested, from, you know, uh, public rules that might might be out there to, you know, how do we manage those those uh, images once taken? So um, I don't know if we want to start. I mean, Kurt's usually a person who tracks any real recent uh, examples of, of I always think about the extremes of, of people taking photographs where, where they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've got a ton of cases. Um, I, I depending on how far back you want to go, uh, if you want to go back a year to two years, three years, I guess it is now the Kobe Bryant case, and ended up somewhere. I think they're almost to forty million dollars worth of damages paid by the County of Los Angeles uh, for pictures that were taken, not just by firefighters, but 
taken by uh, deputy sheriffs and uh, others uh, at the scene of the Kobe Bryant helicopter crash. And it also led to the enactment of uh, criminal law um, that limits the pictures that folks can take, first responders can take um, when it comes to emergency scene uh, photos. And so you get California, you've got New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut all have laws that criminalize picture taking. And um, that is a product of previous scandals. Stupidity. Yeah, uh, you know, of of uh, our our brother and sister firefighters and and, and police officers and and medics uh, taking pictures and sharing them. So that that is a direction I think that we need to avoid. I don't think we need uh, to me the criminal aspect of that is is not the solution. Making it a crime isn't the solution. It's, you know, each fire department needs to manage the problem. Each, each police department needs to manage the problem. And um, I, and I think I, I'm a big supporter of body camps. I, there was just a couple of cases over the last uh, few weeks that um, have come up where I think if the firefighters had body cam footage, the there there never would have been a lawsuit because there were allegations that the firefighters did things said things didn't do things they were supposed to do it would have been pretty clear and i you know one of the cases now i have to go back through my blog and 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 find them but um it, it's just it's beyond me that firefighters wouldn't i remember that it was a case should be right here it's uh out of uh uh, let's see, out of Santa Monica, California, uh, where a, it was actually a physician who fell. And I'm assuming he was an elderly physician, but he fell. His wife was there. His wife's also a physician. And the allegation was that the medics didn't take spinal precautions, which is, you know, and he ended up becoming a quadriplegic, which I, I just think, and that would be a good example where if you had the, the body cam footage there, I mean, if you didn't, if you didn't take spinal precautions on someone who had that serious a fall that they caused them to become a quadriplegic, um, you, you know, then you, you're going to suffer the wrath of what you should suffer. But I, I think that we, we kind of open ourselves up to certain things when, um, it's our word against someone else's. And in this case, it happened to be another physician that is saying that they didn't take the spinal precaution. So again, you had body cam footage, uh, that would have been it. But a number of cases in the back of EMS units, things that allegedly happened, things that were allegedly said um, that could be documented. And I think it's been a long time coming for law enforcement to reach the point now where they realize, yes, it's gonna pick up some things we don't like, but we're better off documenting what we're documenting then get accused of things constantly that you know we really should not we didn't do anything wrong right the flip side of that well, too, too is usually that that the idea with with law enforcement when they realize that they're being recorded that they're going to be on their best behavior or make their best effort knowing that they can't afford to be sloppy because what they're doing or not doing is being recorded imagine that well, I think the other part is, is Kurt, when you mentioned that the, um, you know, the, the fall and the fracture, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think we enter in an era of uh, HIPAA violations possibility that now we're disclosing or revealing patient information that we have to jump through a whole bunch of hoops in order to release 
that information in, in any form or fashion. So, you know, we see like these public disclosure requests for um, cop body camera. And so, you know, the way that the, um, the system is supposed to work is the patient needs to give their permission in order to release HIPAA protected information. And so uh, sure. I'm agreeing with you guys. I think that it's a good thing. It would document that. It may um, eliminate this sort of, of, you know, we didn't take spinal precautions on the fallen physician. Um, and, but, you know, there may have been legitimate reasons for that. And I think, you know, right. it's all circumstantial. We've always, all of us have been in the EMT role. All of us have seen, you know, head and spinal um, uh, trauma. And, but, you know, there are some instances where we don't have an opportunity to put a cervical collar on or put them on a backboard. And although, you know, the documentation aspect would help preserve some of that evidence if it's done correctly and in real time, the video, videography of it would, you know, sort of put the, the stamp on, this is what we did. These are the reasons that we did it. Um, and, you know, sometimes the outcomes are just bad in, in, uh, in EMS. So I, I think, you know, this is some discussion that needs to occur probably at every level in organizations. And, and, you know, are you going to turn it off on EMS calls? You're going to turn it on, on fire calls. Um, and I, you know, and again, we, um, there's a lot of allegations coming out against firefighters dealing with the homeless that, mm -hmm. you know, we're getting attacked by homeless individuals. We're defending ourselves and then, you know, the use of force, uh, you know, what's the limitation there? And so I think in those situations of, you know, a body camera or recording device would be good, um, you know, in our defense that we did everything possible to prevent the event. But, you know, we were just overwhelmed or overcome by, you know, somebody attacking us. So we're seeing a lot more of that on the street as well. Yeah, the, the HIPAA part of it's interesting, and it, it, folks are going to understand it's not a HIPAA violation to make the recording. Right. The problem, the HIPAA problem, is going to be in terms of how you handle it, whether or not you take the proper security precautions, because it's going to be considered part of the patient uh, patient care report. So you want to make sure that you've got the necessary encryption and and security on the, the system. That's number one, and then the release. And this is, I, I think, some places get pretty sloppy with this, but any public records request that comes in, in my opinion, should be reviewed by an attorney. Should not be, unless you have a highly, claimed, highly trained paralegal um, who is working under sort of the supervision of an attorney, but the, the decision about whether to release something or not release something um, needs to be done with an understanding of the public records law. It's not something a secretary or receptionist or a firefighter on light duty should be doing. Um, it is something that requires some skill, particularly when you start getting into video recordings. And I, hey, I, look I knew here. President Zelensky was yeah. going to be joining us. President I wanted Zelensky. to leave it as a secret. Thank President you. Zelensky. Appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, President Zelensky, welcome. <laughs> So just just uh, to just to further your comment, Kurt, on that, uh, our state, our state of Washington, does have a public records officer that's required in public entities in order to do that exact review. And as somebody who's appointed by the elected officials, so in, in my department, uh, before I became an attorney, I was playing an attorney a lot on television. Um, I would review all those records, and then the ones that were questionable, um, I'd send to our attorney. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think that's a good point. And, and in some states like Washington do have 
um, that public records release requirement that somebody in your organization reviews all requests. Well, yep. it's a, it's a two part. I think it's a two part uh, issue. The first is that you should have a, uh, an internal policy, and that's the digital imagery policy that you know. I know the Kurt and Brad uh, have and, and John have advocated previously, and that's you know how do we how do we manage those internally? How do we address where they're stored, how they're stored, the encryption, all of those issues? And that policy should say if we have a request for this imagery or, you know, for any other document at that point in, in Ohio, all electronic media uh, generated within the department is deemed a public record. It has to be reviewed before it's released. So I think we have to talk, you know, the first thing is, you know, do we need them? Do we, you know, is it advantage to have uh, the videos taken, on, you know, wearing the, the, the dash cams or again, and this applies even to phones because we talk, we can talk about, you know, some of these, what the, their internal um, policies addressing, you know, cellular phones, a personal phone, but we have to manage, if we decide we're going to take the video, we're, we like that idea, then we have to say, how do we manage the video? And then last, how do we release the video? Yeah. And if you're going to redact any part of a public record, and when, especially when we're getting into patient care reports and, and certain things in fire reports and some of our other documentation, if you're going to redact anything, you have to cite to where in the law you're authorized to redact that. So now there's some technical skills that have to be uh, put to play here in terms of uh, redacting out parts of certain videos and and so on. So there's there's a level of complexity. And, you know, fire departments have got to go in eyes wide open if they're going to go down that road. I think they should, but I think that they, they need to go in eyes wide open. President Zelensky, what do you think? Brad. I, you know, <laughs> I got to tell you, in the, in the last couple of days, I've been doing policies from uh, departments. I uh, did one for Colorado the other day, and they wear body cameras. Um, and Kurt, you and I on our uh, vlog uh, the other day talked about an EMS negligence issue, right? Mm -hmm. Where uh, ceasefire precautions were allegedly not taken. Right. And we just talked about that here too. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So sorry, jumping yeah. in. So, yeah, but... you know, to me, the body cameras, um, and I'll talk about dash cameras in a second. I think body cameras are important for fire, um, more so on their EMS side than on their fire side. Um, mm -hmm. At at FDIC, one of the things that the three of us talked about, I posed a question, and this is getting more to dash cameras, right? Because people are so afraid of this digital imagery. I don't get it, right? We just need a good policy. But we, I posed a, a question to everybody. I said, listen, if you are high as a kite on some THC marijuana product or you're drunk as can be while, while driving the fire truck, but you have a dash camera, and you film what happened at this intersection accident while you were driving drunk and high. And it turns out you weren't at fault, but the other person was on the camera clearly shows it. Does it matter for liability purposes that you were drunk or high? And the answer chip gave doesn't matter. It right. It, it didn't cause you weren't at fault. So when I deal with things like how do you defend negligence? How do you deal with marijuana impairment, right? Mm -hmm. Which is very difficult to me, the more you can capture on video, the better. Well, so without that camera in your, in your scenario, right? Red light, who's got the red light, who's got the green light, 
Mm-hmm. And we, we, the, the accident happens and you have the film that shows, right? You had the green light, even though you were high, doesn't really matter, right? But if, if it comes down to he said, she said without that camera and you tested positive afterwards, nobody's going to believe that you had that green light, even if you did have the green light. Right. Right. So why aren't we embracing, I, I have a different view on helmet cams, right? But why aren't we embracing things like body cameras for EMS? Um, I, you know, there, there's a lot of talk about, and the storage obviously is an issue, right? As Kurt was saying, but, and the privacy and the protections and, but all of that aside, that is manageable today. So why are people so afraid of dash cams? Um, I wish I owned a dash cam company cause I'd be selling them right and left, but the, the dash cams and, and body cams are where we should be today. We're, we're, we're under attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, can I, can I ask, um, so the topic you've started is digital imagery, right? Let me ask about station cameras in the gym. This is my favorite. It's an issue that keeps coming up, but if we're going to talk about digital imagery, let, and we all agree, look, stations should have, where where are we going with this? Where where are we going? (laughs) <laughs> it's to an uncomfortable place. And isn't that where the attorney should be taking someone to the uncomfortable place? And that's where I'm taking you now. So it's one thing having cameras in your parking lot, in your hallways. Um, look, there are union issues for cameras, right? You can't record our private meeting space maybe, but what about the gym? Because I have a client who a couple months ago called me and said, we're putting cameras in the gym and some people are very uncomfortable with it. And I would think they would be some people, what they're wearing, some people when they're bending over and lifting and turning and right. It's, it is kind of creepy to have a camera in their gym. So here's what I'm posing to you as a question for digital imagery. Are there places other than bathrooms and things like that where they should not be? And the two in in Oregon, in Oregon, you don't want to be filming in the apparatus bay. Really? Why is that? Remember the case we talked about in right. Oh yeah. <laughs> <Monday>. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw that one, but the urination know, case. That was the urination and also he got a little bit more um use out of his uh, instrument there in the apparatus. Well, may, so. Maybe that's exactly why you do want them. Remember keeping the firefighters on their good well, behavior. You know, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. There, and, there really is. Yeah. And, and if a guy really knew he was going to be filmed and was liking it, maybe that's really why we need to like exclude them. Brad, you came on late. I'm going to have to leave early. I may come back. I have a, a federal court hearing. It was scheduled two 30 per our rules. You guys are going to see my screen. Uh, blacked out for the moment and uh, uh, hope to be back, but continue right. on. Yeah, but Br- Brad, you, you mute, raise a good your point. Mind, and, too, so we don't want to know. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to hear you arguing with the judge or the arguing with the other side. Um, the um, There are places you would, you would think, uh, certainly the bathroom, um, but um, individual dorm rooms, um, bat, you know, um, locker rooms, if they have, if they have locker rooms. Yep. Um, how about hallways yeah. where people go from the shower to their bunk room in a towel? Right. I, I think there but are. I think places. going back to your, I think going back to your question about the gym issue is that, you know, some people, you know, they wear, I mean, I work out in the gym fairly, 
frequently, and most people are decently clothed. clothed. But, you know, style and fashion in some gyms are a big deal. You know, if you go to, I don't want to mention any names, but there are some high-end <laughs> gyms that you're there to be seen, right? Seen and be seen, and you're wearing all kinds of scandal, scant clothing. And that uh, the sort of things stuff. I miss. The things I miss by having an apple orchard where I get all my exercise. <laughs> Well, if you wear leotards and a tank top out there, you're probably no, right in the, no, no. They get cut right in the, the fashion sense. <laughs> but, but I think the, the issue is, is, you know, first of all, Brad, is what's the purpose of putting it in the gym? Is there, you know, un, is, you know is there behavior that's, um, you know, beyond the pale? It happens sometimes. I think, and, and there is because injuries in the gym, especially when you're working out on duty, did you get hurt in the gym? Did you not play into a lot of laws? Right. Mm -hmm. So some states, just to give you why I think this is important, forgetting the sexual harassment issues, some mm -hmm. states say you are only given extra, you know, injury money. Let's be bland about it. If you are injured while performing firefighting or duties which were a heightened danger. Right. That's New York. New York. That's, you know, Brad, that's that's a New York issue. I don't, I'm not sure how much outside of New York that that is. I know that's an issue in New York. Definitely an issue in New yeah. York. I don't yeah. know whether others have those two. They have that kind of. Yeah, I think, uh, I think comp. workers comp. Most workers comp in in most states, you don't have to do that. It's just strictly, right. you know, were you were you at work? Yeah. Were you working out for work? Um, what about PSOB? PSOB. Mm. If you're killed by a weight, let's say, right? Um, does that pay? I don't know. So. Yeah. The yeah, reason I'm right. raising this is it it, it is important because if you are injured and a lot of, you know, people fake, right? Let's do it for this one. A lot of people fake, oh, I was in the gym and I hurt my back. Well, that's why people are putting cameras in. Yeah. Yeah. But, that's, well, that's, I think that they have a problem. If people are, you know, basically falsifying a medical record in order to get a disability claim or time off. Well, there's, or money. there's a shock. There's, there's a problem in the camera. When, when, I be, when I became a safety officer in Providence, I uh, when I made battalion chief, I became a safety officer. And one of the things I did, I went back and started a database on all of our injuries. And we had two shift changes, one at eight o'clock in the morning, another one at six o'clock, two, two, two things. And I graphed out the time of day and day of week that all of our injuries were occurring. And we had two big humps one at the beginning of shift change and one one at eight in the morning and one at nine o'clock at uh, six o'clock at night, you know, and, you know, people were um, most of the injuries were checking their air pack uh, as soon as they came in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so to John's point there, I, I and I and it's not unique to Providence uh, by any stretch. I think there's a lot of uh, shenanigans uh, that happen, uh, you know, when it comes to um, to injury. So uh, what whether or not that's a valid reason to to kind of take a, a sharp look at the gym as a place where that's an issue. Certainly, if it is, I guess you could. Right. But well, I, like, just a case in point: when I was the health and safety officer in my organization, I used to buy up defunct gyms, mm -hmm. and then for like two cents on the dollar, because and then I'd take all that weight equipment and put it in our fire stations, right, mm -hmm. to set up a fitness center. So back in the day. Many of the firefighters, we had a firefighter calendar program out here. So you get, you know, all buffed up and then you get your pictures. You know, you could be, you know, Kurt Verone, Mr. December and yeah, I'll be President Zelensky, Mr. October yeah. and, you know, those sorts of things. So, but what we did find out is that because we had so many big weights, which I bought, 
guys were tearing their pectoral muscles or injuring their backs, lifting heavy weights. Mm -hmm. So we did something like you did, Kurt. We just kind of metered out what sort of injury patterns are we seeing and then how can we mitigate that? And so the labor group stepped in and said, well, you know, they had this when peer fitness started years ago. Said, we can send some people back, get trained. We can take a look at the equipment that we have. And so at the end of the day, we got rid of every weight that was over 50 pounds. And wow. then they worked more on core strength and then less on, you know, building the big muscles. Mm -hmm. And we cut our injury rate down to zero. Smart. Um, yeah. And I think we need to take a look at, you know, the root cause of why people are getting injured on the job other than, you know, what Kurt was saying. I don't want to have to have to come to work with a like, oh, no, air package. No, it was but guys I, who get, I, I they're getting they, hurt off the job and playing softball or whatever it is. Yeah. They're working, you know, their carpentry job they, or whatever, and they, they drag themselves in and they. But, but I think can't about believe it, people though. actually do that. That just blows me away. But if, if really. you. Trying to trying to refocus you guys and day, off back to digital imagery. But if you video, if you record almost every almost every part of that station, mm -hmm. and then I'm suspecting what you're going to see is, oh, I got injured off camera, and people know where to go to get injured off camera. But at least it might cut our injury. Um, reports down, or maybe not. Maybe somebody's always going to come up with a way to say, "Oh, it's when I was packing hose in a parking lot somewhere." But, but I digital imagery not only has the to stick to your topic, not only has the benefit of right the patients, it also curbs our conduct and helps govern our conduct as well. So I think there's huge advantage not to shy away from it. Mm -hmm. But I think is it's when does it stop, and where do you limit the cameras? Yeah. Right. And that's so you can't are you going to cover the whole base, you know, station with with cameras? I don't think that's a realistic part. And I think the other part, too, is that there's enough um, hacking that goes on that, you know, again, we talked a little bit about, you know, keeping those um, images safe um, because you can have your own guys come in or you're going to have an outside entity come in and hack into your system. And if you don't have encryption on there, then that's all for the world to see. You know, the shenanigans that go on in a real fire station. Well, I will tell even... you, though, I think people are making a, a huge mistake by connecting any hard drive, any storage device with photographs to the Internet. What I did when I was chief is we downloaded everything to a standalone hard drive. Look, if it got lost, it got lost. Right. But it wasn't going to go anywhere. It was backed up one hard drive more. It was $40 for four terabytes of stuff. I mean, it's not, they're not expensive today, but putting your photographs and those things for that reason on the cloud, I think is suicide. There's no reason to do it. You don't need to back it up to the cloud, despite any storage policies, keep it off the cloud, keep it off your servers. Doesn't need to be on the servers. It can be, you know, here we upload it to this computer and this hard drive and unplug it. Um, it's, it's not a big deal. We had little portable drives that we installed when we brought our cameras and our dash cams and all that. I had all of that. Uh, when I was chief, I put dash cams in every vehicles cause I believe in them. And we just moved it over to a non internet connected, non server connected hard drive. That would be my recommendation for everybody with photography and videos. So other than, uh, just, um, picking Kurt's brain, other than the Oregon, case are there other cases similar to that sort of 
<laughs> pink poodle, uh, pink poodle. Yeah, there's pink poodle. Uh, San Jose has had a little uh, problem that won't go away. But it wasn't the firefighters videoing. It was a civilian video videoing. Or, or, or how about two critical words here? Kobe Bryant. Well, that's yeah. We we mentioned uh, that. Yeah, one. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm, you know, that's Early that's on. the poster child. But then, you know, this all the cases in New Jersey and Connecticut that led to uh, them adopting the law, and New York joined the party uh, with their law. Um, I think they were the fourth state, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so there's basically four states now that have criminalized picture taking. And some, and each of them are slightly different, uh, but. Um, I, I don't know. I just don't think that's the solution. I think managing the the problem is the is the, the proper solution. Right. Well, is and, it is it the picture taking per se that's a criminal act, or the distribution of the picture is the criminal act? Depends on the state. Because earlier, I think we can take state. pictures. Depends on the state. Um, but um, some of the states have criminalized taking the picture. Some have criminalized sharing the picture. Some criminalized sharing and taking. Um, it depends. Some of them require the written consent of the person whose picture is taken. You can, you can take the picture. I think it's New Jersey. As long as your policy allows you to take the picture, you can take the picture. So Yeah, and Connecticut yeah. was an interesting one, right? We had that one yeah. where they went oh, after yeah. the PIO, but yeah. it, the statute there reads, as long as it's within your job duties. Right. That was and, the job and duties. See, and see, New Jersey is a little bit better in that they say, as long as you have a policy, you can take the picture. Connecticut says as long as it's within your job duties, you can take the picture. But that ambiguity led to a firefighter being charged criminally because it wasn't clear that it was part of his job duty. So either way, every state's a little bit different, but you have the taking of the picture and then you also have criminalizing the sharing of the picture. And so again, each each state's a little bit different, but New Jersey is one of those that says, if you're gonna share it, you can take it with a policy, but if you're going to share it, you've got to have the person's consent. And now a question becomes, if I'm teaching a class in vehicle extrication and we take a couple of pictures according to our policy, um, but then we put it in a PowerPoint, have we violated the statute? And it's a criminal statute. It's not, a, you know, there's, there's a criminal aspect to the statute. Same thing in, in Connecticut. Um, so, and there's also a question about if you have someone's picture and you pixelate the picture, is it still a picture of them? <laughs> it is still a picture of them. It's pixelated. You can't see them, but it's still a picture of them. Does that violate it? And unfortunately, that led to the arrest of a, of a firefighter. And subsequently, the charges have been dismissed. Fortunately, he went through 18 months of hell. Yeah, good attorney. Uh, in the way. meantime, right. But uh, but it, let me throw one more in for you. How about I take the picture in the state of New York of a victim of domestic violence? I don't share, right, which would be criminal. It, I um, don't share it in New York. I now mm-hmm. head over to um, Oregon and I share the picture while in Oregon. Hmm. Where, right? So does it, and and I'm raising that one because that brings in the whole internet question. Where is it shared? Where is it actually posted? What state is that actually in? Maybe that's not as hard a question, but certainly if I go to another state where it's not criminal, this is kind of like, and I, I'm not being light about this, kind of like the abortion laws, right? I, I'm a member of, I, I live in 
Florida, but I go get an abortion in New York and then I return to Florida, can I be criminally convicted for something that happened out of state? And that's the question I'm asking. When you have all of this photography that you don't share, but I do it in another state where it's not criminal, is that a problem? Well, I, I'm, I'm aware of two cases, uh, one out of Texas, one out of uh, Nevada, where magically a picture on someone's device magically got off that device and onto somebody else's device. It is magic. It's magic. Okay. So it magically gets off. So now if, if I have a, a picture that I took lawfully, but somehow it magically gets off my device and onto someone else's device, have I shared it? How else did it get off? Well, somebody hacked my phone or wh whatever it would be. But, you know, we're talking about in both of those, both of those cases that I just mentioned, ended up in pretty big lawsuits and very, very bad headlines for the fire departments that were involved in it. Um, so in one case, a firefighter said that he, somebody, something happened in the station, he left his phone on and another firefighter came over and went through the picture and sent himself the picture. So there was a factual question about how it got off one device and onto another and who did it and all that. But the other one, I, you know, I still don't know picture got off of somebody's laptop in the station and onto somebody else's computer. So Brad, you're but probably you know, a lot, you, you would scare me because you, you have the technology, you have the ability to, um, you know, you and I are sitting in the same room and the next thing, everything that's on my computer is, is now accessible to you. So, <laughs> but, but the He's automatic uploads, think of dash cameras. There's a lot of dash cameras, which will automatically upload. And there is a danger to this automatically connect your server and upload, transfer the pictures, right? So some things take a dash camera. You went to a bad MVA, you caught the victim, right? Right on the dash camera or any other emergency, it uploads to your web. Um, I'm not saying that's a, or to your, to your storage location, whether it's a hard drive or usually it's the internet, but there's the problem, right? If it can move from one device to the other, it can be captured and taken. Um, I think I would throw into any policy we have is no automatic uploads because that requires you, as you're saying, to leave your phone or device active, susceptible to the internet at all times where somebody can get into it. Listen, all I got to do is find an IP address of something. And so people understand how easy this is, all right? To find an IP address, just go download IP scanner and you will start start pull, pinging IP addresses for everything you're near. Well, if the only thing you're near is a dash camera and a fire truck because you're in the middle of a parking lot somewhere, you're going to know the IP address. And from there, I easily could get to that right? That device, log in. It's not that hard. If you want to see how easy that's, it is. That's the or, magic. That's the magic. <laughs> and, and I'm just warning people there because there are people a lot smarter than me. Just take your computer with an ethernet cord, plug it into any public building you go to, and you will start seeing all the IP devices there. You can easily connect without a good firewall. Mm -hmm. So if, if and there's no firewall between some of these automatic uploading cameras and such. I know we're way off the legal issue, but this is the legal issue. Somebody right. can now take right. the picture you took and and that's really what we have to protect. So my whole short is turn off all automatic <laughs> uploads, all wireless, all Bluetooth, turn it off. Get off the grid. Get, Get off, off the, the grid. grid. Get off the grid, right. And then Kurt's going to turn off all of his electronic when he's hanging around you. 
<laughs> I would. I would. I'm already, I'm already in your both of your phones uh, as uh, we speak. So. Hi. Nothing in my phone. Well, this is a fun new format. I like being able to stare at everybody, although I realize your <laughs> eyelids look like you're sleeping as you're staring down at the camera. But this is, a, I like right. it, fun, uh, fun new fire engineering format. I'm all for it. Yeah, I am too. I think it's uh, it's going to be a good way to communicate with um, with our audience, and uh, and then they get to know what we look like, you know, instead of just aimless voices on the on the internet. So, and I like your um, I hate to tell you, Brad, but in the your background, I can see you're marketing your book, which is an amazing way to get it marketed. <laughs> so, Kirk, you're going to have all your books up there, buddy. Uh, I, you know what? I, I if we held it up, it'd be even better, right? There you go. I, I tell if, if I get any more exposure, I'm going to have sunburn. So I, I, I <laughs> you know, the rest of our lawyers all do say about you, Kurt. If anyone's going to expose themselves in public, it's you. Me, really? Wow. I, I um, think um, we we remember your bass guitar. I'll, I'll take it. Game. I'll take it as a compliment. I I think I'm a, you know, not that big a <laughs> swinger. So <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other show.